Reese is the word. Frankie Valley here at Coast FM 963. Home of those classic hits with Pete Little and Cheryl and Tarsi today, back on a Saturday morning and the very first show for autumn. Sherilyn, welcome to Autumn. Thank you very much, Pete. I feel very welcome. And, and now, today's <laughs> theme is all about Mardi Gras. Oh, no, I've now got the wrong sheet here. <laughs> wrong show. Okay, <laughs> today's all about preparing your garden for autumn. Yes. I reckon, Sherilyn, that autumn is the nicest time of the year. Not necessarily for gardeners, but for just people. It's, you know, the stabilisation of the weather mm-hmm. we'll find from now on in. Mm-hmm. A lot of those very, very heavy and hot days will mm-hmm. be behind us. And the weather's just very comfortable, extremely comfortable. comfortable. I don't know where. I, how was you? it in? Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know what it was like in Saratoga this morning, but in Lake Memora, it was very humid. And driving down the M1, my windows were completely fogged up the whole time. I don't know if I was doing too much uh, singing and heavy breathing there, but uh, it was. So autumn to me is a time to start preparing for our winter crops. I actually prefer spring, to be quite honest. But autumn is a busy time because we get to put in all our brassicas and all of our beautiful things like that. But I'm not the only one who's going to share this information today, Pete. We've got Tim Ferugia from Burbank Nursery at Erin uh, Heights there. He's coming in to have a chat with us. Clara from Clara's Urban Mini Farm. We love Clara. She's got lots of great tips as well. And we've also got What's Hot. Vicky, she'll be sharing with us what's hot around the nurseries because I believe a lot of people are the same ilk as you, Pete. They're running off to the nurseries to get all their autumn things. Well, there you go. It's going to be a fun show today, the first uh, program of autumn here at Coast FM, and we're being sponsored by um, yeah, the caravan company that just brains them. You know, Do they? They, they brain them there at Wyoming. Yes. And that's Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Thanks. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here Saturday morning, and we've got uh, the topic today of... Autumn planting. Are we too early? Are we too too late? (laughs) We could be too early. (laughs) We've got Tim Ferruccia on the line today, and he's from uh, Burbank Nursery at uh, Erina Heights. Now, Tim, good morning to you. Morning, guys. How are you going? Morning, Tim. Good. Hey, but because it's a change of season, will you be expecting an influx of people today going crazy to get their autumn planting started, or is that a little early for that? Not too early, but it's definitely happening already. 1st of March, everyone's racing in to, to get their autumn, winter vegetables going and trees. Yeah. Mm. Seems like as soon as there's one cold night or one cooler night, people will start raising in and think the seasons have changed altogether. It's a good time to prepare. You never know. You know, early March, there's, there's still going to be some hot, hot days. I can hear a bit of uncertainty there, particularly when you've got a day like last Thursday. Oh, my when gosh. When the mercury hit the mid to high 30s, mm. I'd imagine that would be fairly um, damaging on some new plantings, wouldn't it? Definitely. That's, that's always my worry with getting, say, pansies, for instance, too early. You, you think, oh, we've had a few cool days, I'll get some pansies in, and then they get a bit oh. of a steam roasting on a, on a hot day like Thursday. So, Tim, what can we do at this time of the year? I mean, we are heading towards autumn. It is a bit hot at the moment. But what can we do in the garden to get ready for the cooler days? Prepare. If you've, if you've got some compost going or you've got a pile of manure and cow manure ready to go, I like to take all the sort of spent, uh, again, humid vegetables that you've had growing and they're sort of finishing off, take them out, put a few bags of compost manure, something like that in the soil, and then if you can let it rest. Mm-hmm. For a couple of weeks, that's excellent preparation for for sort of your proper autumn winter planting. Mm. Um, yeah. And Tim, what can we look forward to 
planting in autumn? All of your delicious brassicas, like Mm. cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage, Mm. they're they're always a fan favourite and one of my favourites to grow in the for the cooler months. Mm-hmm. Uh, pansies, violas, stocks, all the uh, all your sort of cool season uh, flowering annuals as well are starting to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, sweet peas. Oh sweet peas, you, yes, you plant them in the wrong game. So you plant them while the soil's still nice and warm, and they sort of grow slowly over the cooler months. And then once spring happens. They're up and they're flowering, and you're oh. you're giving away cut flowers for for months oh, and months. I'm glad them. you clarified that because I'm thinking to myself, why would you put those in now? But of course, not being a talented gardener, I made the assumption they take about six weeks. But no, they take six months almost, do they? No, sweet peas. It's, it's a long game. It's worth it, but you definitely you want, you need to plant them before before they're ready. I guess. Okay. Everyone comes in when sweet so peas are So if we plant the sweet peas now, we'll start to see them in September, will we? Spring. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, now I understand. Oh, and right. traditionally in Australia, we say St. Patrick's Day is the day that you plant sweet peas. Oh, so I okay. think that's the, is that the 14th? A bit early for that. The March, no, 17th, yeah. 17th. Oh, there you go. Very I'm, close. I'm, very, I'm close. very close. 17th. So a bit early. But you know what's good is to get the seeds now, Pete, because the new varieties that come out every year, they sell out really quickly. So you can buy your seeds now and just wait and then put them in. Yeah. Ah, yeah. that's the secret. Oh, it is. Yeah, you can't – I know you think it's funny sometimes, Pete, like, what are we talking about this now? It hasn't happened yet. But Tim will tell you, the more popular things and the newer varieties of plants as well, the seeds and the seedlings, they just they, – they go quick smart. They really do. You need to be a planner and you need to get out there and get your things. Well, Tim yeah. – I've learned more from Sherilyn than you today. Oh, you have not. <laughs> you have not. What about you, Tim? Have you learned a few things from Sherilyn? Oh, I, I always learn something from Sherilyn <laughs> and I always learn things to her as well. Oh, she's it's always good to just stand back and listen sometimes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to shut up more next time. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> uh, well, that's good, Timmy. Well, thank you. And uh, enjoy the uh, the weekend coming up, mate, with a prolific oh. number of people coming through the nursery and, of course, your... You've got your uh, head down backside up in the garden as well, which is uh, good to hear. Good to hear, mate. Yes. Okay. Tim Farooj here with us this morning. Sherilyn? He is. He's from Burbank House and Gardener up at Erina Heights there. Nice spot. It is. And you're listening to Coast FM 963. You're home with the Garden Again with Pete and Sherilyn. Collins here at Coast FM 963, home of the classic hits. And that's another day in paradise. On the Central Coast, we call it paradise because the weather's so and dandy, and today a little overcast, but uh, generally a fine day. There's a little bit of rain here and there, Sherilyn. Places mm. like uh, Saratoga will get a couple of showers. Yeah. Your part of the world won't. It'll be as dry as a chip. Oh, and, uh, come on. Today. Stop putting us down. Us <laughs> northerners, we've had enough well, of this southern prejudice that you're throwing oh, at us. Leave geez. us alone. You're like Donald Trump, don't Goodness you? Goodness. Okay. Oh. Uh, temperatures today in the high 20s. Now, uh, Sherilyn, I've noticed something, and it's what? really alarming. It's quite alarming to my palate. Oh, my gosh, no, I occasional uh, soft drink with a bit of bourbon right. or a bit of vodka or whatever. But there's a shortage of soft drinks. Oh. You know, if you go into Aldi yes. or some of those supermarkets mm-hmm. that um, do mm-hmm. quick turnovers, you'll find, I'm not quite sure about every store, but mm-hmm. a number of stores, 
don't have the stock. I've noticed it as well. And I'm thinking, we don't import these things, so what's causing it? <laughs> You're going to be surprised because I noticed it as well, Pete. I do like a bit of uh, Coke Zero and a bit of Solo Zero as well. Um, I, I don't drink gin, but anyway, um, I've got a, a little bit there. And I've got a soda stream, I have to say. I've got that as well, and I found it a bit f- hard to find my carbon dioxide bottles, and that is where the problem lies. What, soda stream? Yeah, not soda stream. Major Australian supplier BOC has put the shortage down to supply interruptions from several local CO2 sources, as well as issues impacting international freight for imported CO2 so products. So the gas the is gas in short is supply. In short supply. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. CO2 is the most abundant gas in <laughs> well, the world. Think well, so. I think maybe hydrogen might be. Yeah. Uh, but uh, CO2 is the one that uh, most people try and sort of um, you know dismiss as being. Um, annoyance, an annoyance. Right. You know? Well, no, they say, they say, I love this, the big brands are frothing. That's what they said. But supermarkets, <laughs> Coles, Aldi and Woolworths are working overtime at the moment because, yeah, they can't keep their, they can't keep the, the shelves stocked at all. And I did notice that I've noticed in Lake Memorial Woolies, there's no Coca-Cola. Aldi's up at uh, Lake Haven had nothing. They just had not, not a, not a well, drop. I've got some data here that say, says those suburbs yeah. are the highest consumers <laughs> of soft drinks on the central Coast. Are they? <laughs> Are they? Well, look, there's, a, there's the full... I wonder uh, why. There's a, there's a few statements here, but just to sort of, in a nutshell, yeah, BOC said they're currently experiencing a short-term CO2 supply shortage on the east coast of Australia, and this is due to supply interruptions from local and international imports as well. BOC is prioritising supply for oh, critical medical, releases, for okay. medical safety and water treatment customers. So, uh, soft drink drinkers, I don't know. Well, I think they should change priority. Forget medical, make it for the oh, soft drink manufacturers. On. Priority one. The things Oregon. are going flat. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning, our first one for autumn, yes, Cheryl. Yes, it is. The leaves brand are going to fall. Yes. The brown leaves at Saratoga are unbelievable, already falling out of the trees. and you Really? Know, oh, absolutely. It's all happening. As soon as the date changes, <laughs> so does the season. I don't think it's quite work. like that. Well, I've got an expert here today, Pete, one of our favourites, Clara, not from Narara. Clara's from Clara's Urban Mini Farm and also Permaculture Central Coast. Clara, hello. Hey, good morning, gangsters. Well, Clara, it's been a couple of weeks. We haven't spoken to you. We haven't had really fascinating topics for you. But, oh, my uh, life stood still without you. Yes, uh, absolutely. So it's nice to see you back in the chair on the air with us this morning, Sherilyn. We're talking about the autumn planting. And planning, I, yes. I think we'll leave the mushrooms to another day because right. it's... Could be another heat wave yet. Uh, that's all right. We can what do you reckon, Clara? Too early I for mushrooms? Think so. No, we can talk about mushrooms now if you like. I don't like. You don't like? You don't like <laughs> I mushrooms? I prefer to eat them. But you, where do you get them from, Pete? Okay, from the Woolies. Now. <laughs> oh, no. no. Now, Sherilyn, what have you got to raise today about the uh, the perils of planting at this time of year? Well, it's a little bit difficult because, as you just pointed out, Pete, a lot of people will look at the calendar and go, right, that's it, 1st of March, it's autumn, let's let's go. But, Clara, weather-wise. Well, just the other day we had 38 degrees here on the Central Coast. Exactly. So when you go putting out all your delicate little lettuce seeds, or if you mm-hmm. did put out some mushroom mycelium, 
well, that big heat wave, that would have knocked it right back. And some things tend to bolt in that mm, kind of heat, don't mm, they? Mm. So how do we plan for autumn? How do we do this? We get all our seed pack packets and our seedlings and we want to put our mushrooms in the ground or inoculate things with it. How do we know but this we is the time? Do it now? Well, no, we don't have to do it now, but we need to know when. It when seems to so do impulsive, it. don't you think, Claire? Well, you see, we're in this country, this great vast country called Australia. Mm. And so rather than getting a little bit too hung up on our sort of European background and our European planting, one thing I like to do is have a look at some of the Indigenous calendars that are Ah. out there and have a look at what the Indigenous seasons are doing and what they have to say about this particular time of the year because it's a little bit different to your classic summer autumn. And one thing that I did the other day, Sherilyn, was I went out and foraged some bunion nuts. This is bush tucker, Pete. That's right. Some delicious bunya nuts. And they're a lot like the European chestnut, but they're all Australian. And now is the perfect season to go and get them. So having a look at some of the Indigenous wisdom is a really good way to kind of think about what you might want to do for this time of the year. But otherwise, if you do want to put in your staple crops and you want to follow Mm -hmm. a rigid planting calendar, then that's fine. But just have a think about how you're going to shelter those seedlings. So Mm -hmm. maybe if you know that there's going to be a heat wave popping some shade up, having the seedlings somewhere where you could bring them inside if you had to. Oh, like on trays or something yeah, like that. Yeah, put them in a tray, mm. something like that. And, you know, don't be too hasty ripping out your tomatoes and your beans because you're still going to get a good crop out of them going forward. Yeah, especially your tiny toms. We seem to be able to grow those all year round That's here. right, yeah. So yeah. try not to be too hung up on the European planting calendar because the climate's quite different here on the Central Coast. It's actually a much more favourable climate if you just pay attention to what what's happening around you and have a little bit of patience. Can I take you back to the Indigenous uh, calendar, planting calendar? Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard this before, but uh, what does that say? I know it's not community or memory, but in general terms... Well, there's some really good resources and one of my favourite is the Dark Emu book. So that's a really good one. If you look for a bit of reading, have a look at Dark Emu and that talks a lot about how the Indigenous people raised crops and their their unique type of agriculture that they had before we came over. So there's a lot of great resources online and you can also reach out to people like um, Tracy at Girigira. You know, there's a lot of great Indigenous leaders on the Central Coast that you can reach out to. I think people will be very interested in that. Yeah, and uh, there's also a CSRIO page on Indigenous planting calendar that you can look up on CSRIO, see what they've got to say as well. We had the example the other day at, uh, at home, of course, as you mentioned, a very, very hot day. The only thing that happened at my place in the plants, they sent the pearl green. Oh, no good. That says to me I haven't got enough chlorine in there. Yeah, that algae, it's no good. Algae is not good for your pool. But that's another thing. Not good for you either. The pool and the garden are co-sighted, so I went, I wonder if it's affected more than just the, uh, the pool this hot day. Yeah, that's about right. 38 degrees, I think. And we can keep getting heat waves all through April in Australia. Mm, Usually mm, on the mm. Central Coast, we'll get a mm. few days over 35 going forward to April. That said, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't do these autumn activities. So I'll still go out, probably start foraging mushrooms maybe in a few weeks and go mm-hmm. have a look at what's out there. But you just know that when it's been a really hot day that, you know, the week after that, uh, you're not going to find much of anything. So it just all depends and, and what you can do to change your individual microclimates. You know, everybody is going to be very different. If you're at Warner Vale or if you're in your minor True. on the coast, it's going to be a completely different climate as well. So paying attention to those things. And the one thing I don't want people to do is to put too much time and effort into raising all these little seedlings and then just sticking them straight out 
out there thinking they're going to do well. Oh, yes. Oh, that says to me, Sharon, you've got an easy weekend coming up. Uh, yeah, I can just... You can stay indoors. <laughs> you can stay indoors, do a bit of riding instead. practice the radio announcing. But I tell you what, Clara, would you like to come back in a few weeks' time? We'll have a chat about mushrooms. I'd absolutely love to. What do they say about mushrooms? Uh, something kept in the dark and, and, fed, and fed on Yes, that. that's Well, right. I like to say that there's fungus among us, Pete. <laughs> oh, I love it. Full cheers. Full marks there to Clara. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Clara. Catch you soon. That's Clara. She's from Clara's Urban Mini Farm and also Permaculture Central Coast. And you're at home with the Gardening Gang this morning with Pete and Cheryl. Oh, there's one for you this morning by the M People and moving on up from Coast FM 963. Cheryl and Pete here today. Cheryl, we've uh, got our Coast FM uh, mobile microphone and I went uh, on the uh, on the run this week, trying to get a few people, just a couple of vox pops okay. on what real people, not we celebrities, but <laughs> the real people of the world, are doing for their autumn planting. Ooh. And this is one uh, encounter from uh, down there at Narara. Now I've got uh, Joy here. She's popped into Narara Valley Nursery this morning. Mm-hmm. And Joy, what are your preparations for the uh, for the plantings for autumn? Well, I haven't got a garden, so the main thing I grow is a food for myself to eat or the greens for my canaries to eat. And I'm going to plant snow peas, dwarf varieties, advanced so that they get a little bit of a start and they've got a few leaves on already that I can give to the canaries to nibble on and it keeps them nice and healthy. So you're in a retirement village? That's correct, yes. You're going to say where? Oh, well, it's Henry Kendall Gardens. A lovely spot. Yes, thank okay. you very much. Yeah. So I have a lovely planting today, yeah. and I hope Narara Valley Nursery give you a very good discount. They do, yes. They have always come oh. over and given a speech. Vicky, you're going to give this lady a good discount? <laughs> I am. There you go. She said <laughs> thank, it already thank there. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joy. Yes, nice no. talking to you this morning. And we do appreciate the talks when they come over to our garden group, so that's been quite well. Fabulous. You know, attended by our group, yeah. I'll go after you, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. All the best. Have a good day. Oh, well, thank you, Joy. What a sweet girl. And also very sweet of Vicky, too, in the background there, who's going to offer a nice discount. Although Ooh. I think most of the plants were on discount during the month. Yeah, they were. they've got Valley. some good sales there. Well, occasionally have our gardening gang Mike out and about. We may be talking to you. Who knows? Mm. Yes. Coast FM with the gardening gang. And it's... FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here on a Saturday morning and the uh, time and the chime here indicates time for Vicky. What's hot Vicky from Narara Valley oh, Nursery to join us? Is she on the line? Good morning. Morning. Hello, here I am on the line ready to go. Our little bird told me that you actually closed the nursery back there last Thursday because of the incessant heat. Is this a normal yeah. procedure here? Is this no. something that you do? Just because it gets a bit hot? We were a bit soft that day. Apologies to anybody that robbed up to the nursery. But I believe three or four busloads. Oh, they did not. Who is shopping for plants? Who is shopping for plants when it's 38 degrees, Pete? Really? Well, I know that uh, certain awards don't allow people to work over 35, 36. Well, they were in their rights to go home then, I'd say. I say it's okay. Here's to the workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very precious here too. We're very precious little flowers. Okay, now you tell me, precious, what is happening around the nursery world at the moment? Well, Burbank at Erin are hot. 
are having a garden trivia day. It's at 11 a.m. on the 6th of March. And Cheryl, and I reckon if you went to that, you would clean up. I, I bought, yeah, they've already said I can't come. They've already said no. Are they disqualified? No, no, they barred me. Yeah, they barred me. They said, no, you can't come. Looking okay. for bird houses, which I know a lot of people are little bird friends. The Wildflower Meadows have got lots and lots of bird houses right now. They've teamed up with the Man Shed and the Man Shed people. They're making bird houses for them. So get oh, their few bird houses. That's going to a good cause then too. That's fantastic. It Love is. It, mm. it well, is. Well, yeah. A good cause being old men. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness, Pete. <laughs> men are a great cause. Like they are. They're good. We need more of them. More men. Yeah, we need more of you, Pete. Well, uh, we only, we gotta, we're going to stretch ourselves out. Oh, Go thin. <laughs> I've got another Hawley Dooley ready to go, and it's climbing frangipanis. And guess where you can get those things from? Don't know. Mother Earth Nursery at Point Clare. My and goodness. If you're looking for a gifty succulent bowl, you're going to head to Forest's Beach Garden Centre because they've got some very beautiful succulent arrangements for sale. Juicy. Well, that's a, uh, that's a good tip. That's a very good tip there, Vic. Mm. You've been on the ball there, that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she knows mm. it. Now, what about Narara Valley that's uh, now back opened after a closing on Thursday? <laughs> well, sizzling. Got a reopening sale. <laughs> Get a reopening sale, have you? <laughs> that's right. We've closed down and now we've opened up again. And it's our sizzling hot March sale. It's our crazy multi-buy deal. Mm. And it's three... Golden canes in one ninety mil pot mm-hmm. for $40. You get three of them for $40. Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. And three 200 mil dragon trees. You can get three of them for just $50. What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's giving yeah, them away. Single sale <laughs> price for the golden canes is $19 each usually. But if you buy three, you get them for 40 And single sale price for the dragon trees is usually $25 each. But if you buy three, you get them for 50 Unbelievable. But don't you add a credit card fee? You add a service <laughs> fee? At GST. Oh my goodness. No, no, that's uh, I, I don't really know the answer to that because I get asked if we have credit card fees and I just wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> I'm just she, here to sell plants. She's just there to be hot. I think that's all it is. But not too hot. She has to go home. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. well, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, it's, uh, it's a marvellous little deal there that you've put to us today. Now, let's see if we've got a good deal with our little contest, fact or fib. Charlotte oh. Darcy, it's over to you, the quiz master. Here we go. Okay, here, here we, we go. go. Right, uh, what, we it. All right. Is it a fact or is it a fib in some areas of the world this time of the year? Well, probably in the other side of the, the calendar, but it's called fall. But here in Australia, we call it autumn, as they do in lots of places. And it is now autumn. It's a time of harvest. It's the time of beautiful leaves turning different colours. But have you ever wondered where the word autumn came from, Pete and Vicky? Uh, probably the Romans, yeah. was it? Correct. Uh, really? The ancient oh. Romans, yes. And the Latin term is autumnus. And have you ever wondered what it means? Well, I'm going to put this to you. The word autumnus means cold and dry. And that's what autumn means. Is that a fact or is it a fib? Oh. Vicky, you've got first uh, dibs on this one. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to be You've got to play catch-up. You're behind. Yeah. I'm going to say it's true. Autumnus is certainly sounding like a bit Latino, a bit of Latin language. I'm going to say it's true as well. All right. We're going to go two of us. We're going to join in harmony 
and say that is a fact. Aren't you wonderful little pumpkins? Guess what? It's true. Absolutely true. (laughs) Well, Vicky, take my hand and just feel the vibe. And I'll just let you know as well, autumn is thought to be the slightly older of the two terms, appearing in the 1300s, even though that that was after the name Autumnus. It was then shortened to autumn. And the word fall didn't appear until around the 1500s in reference to the falling of leaves off trees. Oh, that's lovely. Well, we've uh, (laughs) we've really cracked the code here this morning, haven't we? Yeah. We're very smart. We're smarty pants. (laughs) All right, that's one point each for both of you. So we've remained unchanged on the leaderboard. I think Pete is slightly ahead Uh, with two points. Well, Vic, it's always good uh, cooperating with you. And, uh, Thank we'll you catch... for having me again. <laughs> You're most welcome. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, Vicky. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Coast FM with the gang this morning, Pete, Sherlin and What's Hot Vicky. Right here on Coast FM. Hi, I'm Jason from Community Transport. Woman you, Sherlyn Darcy, Pete Little. Are you the sweet-talking woman of the gardening gang, ma'am? Yeah, is I think you, so. Sherlyn? I think that is me, <laughs> and you're the smooth dude over there. Now, we haven't got uh, the bell ringer here today. He's, uh, what? I think he's just uh, not resigned in protest because mm. we were a bit, uh, shall we say, nasty last week. <laughs> you were. Um, but he'll be back next week. All right. But it is time to get your hands dirty here at Coast FM because mm-hmm. that's a very important feature. It ties in also, too, with our local newspaper publication. Mm-hmm. So, Sherlyn, let's get our hands dirty as we speak. As we speak. But first of all, what's on for plant lovers? We've been talking about it for weeks and, everybody, it is on today. The Central Coast Cactus and Succulent Club Autumn Sale is on at the Charmhaven Community Hall at Narara Valley Charmhaven. It's on as we speak. It's Saturday. 9am and goes through till midday. You will have to get down there quick, quick, quick. Uh, cash is preferred but FPOS fees... Oh no, there's no FPOS. I've just been told this. We had a phone call, late mail. No FPOS today. So please bring your boxes, bags and your cash to take home your treasures. More information can be found about the club by hopping onto Facebook and having a look for Central Coast Succ- uh, Cactus and Succulent Club and you've got to look for Incorporated in Australia because apparently there's a few of them around the world. One Wonderful club. We had a lot of fun talking to them a couple of weeks ago. Get down to their sale today at the Charmhaven Community Hall in Charmhaven, Narara Valley. All right, what's happening in your garden this week? Well, this week you could plant culinary herbs, beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbages, carrot, cauliflower, chicory, cress, endive, kohlrabi, leeks, lettuce, mustard, onions, parsnips, peas, radishes, shallots. Who said you can't plant things in autumn? There's a lot, isn't there? There's also silverbeet, spinach. I think I've said those. Weeds and turnips and lots of flowers, including calendula. They're handy. Candy tufts, carnations, columbines. Oh, I love those. Uh, Coneflowers, that's the echinacea. Delphiniums, dianthus, everlasting day. Hollyhocks can go in now, so can larkspurs, and so can nigella, pansies, sweet peas, violas, snapdragons, and Pete's favourite wallflowers. Now, you I, just arrived. Pete, where, uh, Pete not Steve Pete, has Steve, just arrived. Steve, what happened? Didn't you put your alarm clock on? Mate. You'll have to do better next week. No, we need you here. (laughs) All right, for the full list of what you can plant, as well as your whole autumn planning planting guide, you can pick up the Coast Community Newspaper all over the Central Coast. If you miss out, jump online at coastcommunitynews.com.au. And that was getting your hands dirty. Coast FM. 
Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy sitting here in the uh, colourful studios of the Coast FM radio operation here in Gosford, thinking about being outdoors and enjoying the great outdoors in our van. Mm. And Doreen's just popped in to give us a really nice descriptive feel of where she's been this week. Okay, somewhere very special. We do like the wineries um, and Brankston is near the wineries so... Why do you like the wineries? Because there's wine. Well, yeah, maybe just a little taste here or there. (laughs) Very relaxing to just saunter through and they're really nice places, aren't they? You need a little cheese platter and a little tasting. So where are we off to? Well, we have been. So close we've been to Brankston, well close to Brankston, there's Mm. a place called Drover's Camp. Ah. Now they used to hold concerts and have a restaurant there, but I think that that stopped with COVID. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but it's a really beautiful campsite. Lovely guys that run it. Um, very friendly, country bloke. So, um, and is yeah. it one with powered sites or you have no, to go no, uh, off grid, which we don't mind? Yeah. I just like lots of water, so hubby okay. has to fill it up okay. with lots of water. What about mozzies? Are they prevalent? Yes, there? I do take my little mozzie repellent <laughs> and my special little thing you called a thermocell. It's either mozzies or flies. Sometimes. No, that's um, right. That's in right. In those places. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so you so you you pop along to the wineries and then you go to this place for a night. Very oh, relaxing. I like it. And then you can have a glass of wine or two. Yeah, just one or two. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> On a different note, what about the markets around the coast okay, uh, this weekend? Okay, huh? right. This weekend, so today, Terrigal Beach Markets are on between 9 and 3. Support the local makers, designers and musicians at the Esplanade on the beautiful foreshore of Terrigal Beach. And Edelong Fresh Food Markets are being held at the Broken Bay Scout Hall on Picnic Parade between 7 and 1. You'll find fresh fruit and veggies, eggs and deli items on sale. And then also up the mountains, Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held today between 9 and 3 on the corner of Georgetown's Drive and Blood Tree Road. They specialise in homemade preserves, cakes, crafts and plants. And that's it for today. That's a lovely old-fashioned market, isn't mm, it, It's Pete sweet, isn't Doreen? it? Yeah, I like it. I like that. Mm. It's a nice little drive up there and you feel like you're back yeah, in... support the community. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, I've got a bit of uh, time to spend tomorrow. Where am I heading for? Okay, so we have Lions Terrigal Car Boot Markets tomorrow between 6.30 and 12. It's being held in the Lions Park Terrigal. There's a great variety of goods on sale, both new and second-hand, including plants, books, DVDs, fashion and homewares. And the Tookley Lions Club Markets are on near Coles Tookley between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls and grab a bargain or two. Gosford City Farmers Market is on tomorrow at the Gosford Showground between 7 and 12. The stalls include local fruit and veggies, free-range eggs and grass-fed meat. There's also rustic breads and deli items, international foods and coffee. And to wrap it up, the Entrance Lions Club Charity Market is being held again tomorrow between 8.30 and 12.30. It's on in the Denning Street car park. So browse through their second-hand goods and specialty items. If that ever stops that market, we, we worry about <laughs> the lost. sun coming up next I'll be day. lost. Oh, yes. Yes. What would I wrap up with? They are champions <laughs> of yes. the markets. Well, a lot of markets held today just by observation are held by the service uh, groups, aren't they? Mm. Oh, tomorrow, yeah. Thank you, Doreen, for your help and your research in the marketplace around the Central Coast this weekend and uh, enjoy your little RV trip. Thank you very Wherever much. Wherever you're heading. Oh, I know. Somewhere new and fresh. I'm, always, I'm forever Googling and doing wiki, wiki camps, I think it is. Wiki yeah. camps? Yeah, oh, wiki I've camps. Never oh, love that life app. of a retiree sounds wonderful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Coast FM, Pete and Sherlin here. Fully retired. Well, not quite.
Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy with the Gardening Gang today and being uh, sponsored, of course, by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Thanks, guys. So Chef Daniel's joining us now. He's very interested in buying a caravan, but I think more so... <laughs> He might be after some security doors being in Gosford. Oh, maybe. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say that. Have you had a nice week, uh, Chef? I've always had a nice week. On the weekend, I'm going to do a 10-kilometre run on Sunday. What? And, uh, yeah, it's going to be like an obstacle course run. So I'm kind of, it's my first time after losing 37 kilos that I'm actually looking forward to doing something uh, very different with this body and seeing if I can make it happen. It's not one of those electric bike events, is it? I I actually wish it was at this point, but (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately it's not. I feel like I'm going to come out of it feeling like G.I. Joe. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, you'll be able to have a few more of those cakes and uh, baked goods, though, won't you? Oh, definitely going to be seeing cakes by Kyla on uh, Tuesday to go get my cupcake for energy sources. (laughs) Do it, do it. Today we thought we'd attack some of the myths in the kitchen. You being a fully qualified chef from lots of experience, because we do get people calling in with uh, various crazy uh, notions that may have been around in their family, passed on from grandma to granddaughter or whatever. And we thought we'd touch on uh, some of those myths today and see if you can explain if they're really mythical or they're just a crock. Well, I can't wait because this is kind of making your day-to-day a little bit more easier as well. Once you bust the myths, you go, am I supposed to do this? Am I not supposed to do this? And if we can try and nail it, it might make your cooking experience a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, it will. It will. I've got a list there, Pete. Sheryl, you've gone about onions before. Yeah, it's a bit of a... I don't quite believe it, but I've heard it a lot. And it's that if you cut an onion to use and you say you've got half an onion left, you should never put it in the fridge because it can actually draw back bacteria to it and uh, and make you sick. That's actually somewhat true. But it's not enough bacteria to actually make you sick. Ah. So you you won't have that much bacteria in your fridge Mm -hmm. to absorb that much bacteria to then actually make you sick. But nine times out of ten, what you're doing is you're pulling it out of the fridge, you're chopping it up and you're cooking it. it. So then you're going to kill whatever bacteria is in there. So technically, yes, it's right, but... Actually, it, yeah. it's not that harmful. You'll be all fine. Right. So it's like half busted then. Yeah. Bit, all right. Yeah. Okay. I accept that. So nothing great to worry about there. Mm. Uh, here's one that uh, my mother uh, indicated to me many, many years ago when she was uh, cooking uh, for the family. And she said, Pete, always choose the older eggs first because they're the better ones for a boiled egg. Uh, I haven't heard that one before. That one, no, because older eggs will centre float, which means it could be gassy and it could be off, right? But I think what's very unique about that kind of statement is it will actually make you use the first ones in there will be the first ones out of there. Yeah. So it comes down to the FIFA. So maybe your grandmother was teaching you something without actually teaching you something. So that was probably... It actually sounds like a really good analogy to make sure that you've got your FIFO happening, which is your first in, first out. Yeah, I like uh, that. Well, it's always a question with eggs because they're not date stamped, are they? Mm. 
Sharon, what about that uh, story about the bubbles and the pancakes? Oh, yes. Now, I learnt this when I was living in America, and I've had people argue with me about this, that when you're cooking pancakes, you must wait until you've got lots of bubbles coming to the surface before you flip them. Right. So if you're using, like, shaker pancake, you know, the pre-done ones. Oh, right. Yes, definitely, because they've got the right amount of bicarb in there and self-raising flours and cooking agents, which will kind of indicate to you that it's mm. right. But let's say that, you know, for example, what I like is my beautiful buttermilk thick pancakes, yeah. right? Sometimes what will end up happening is you've just got to wait for like a few bubbles. Okay. And give it, the bubbles will make it airy, which will make it fluffy. Mm. So that's why we want to try and wait for those bubbles to come through. It's kind of like, you know, when you have eggs over easy. Yes. You kind of wait until it's three quarters done mm-hmm. and then you flip it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I like to make sure my pancakes are. Wait until there's a few bubbles, wait until it's a little bit fluffy right. and then flip them over and just finish them off. Otherwise it's not nice and fluffy. Exactly. Cool. You actually see it. It's really cool. If you make it yourself, yep. flip them and then you'll see it just puff up beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, do. The oh, best. there we go. Now, another myth that my wife has laboured me with and has for years. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got to go very delicate here. Well, only in as much as uh, she has this view that if I put a nice sharp knife in the dishwasher, the, the energy and the soap and all those uh, will, will uh, dull the, the sharpness of the, of the knife. Very correct. So this is actually a true thing. And what happens is you're actually heating the knife up for a constant heat, therefore breaking down the molecules of the strains of the metal inside the knife, making the knife blade very delicate. boiling water. Oh, no, it's it's boiling water over a period of time. It's not just boiling water. And then what happens is the actual blade becomes very weak, therefore you can't sharpen it and keep it sharp for longer. So don't ever... Put your knife in the dishwasher. Wash it by hand, dry it by hand, put it away by hand. One for the bride. One for the bride. That's she's it. a winner. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's what got it. What else here? Oh, I thought That's today, uh, seeing that we're pumping him about uh, the myths and cooking, he might uh, like to ask a myth about broadcasting. Ooh. What's something that you have thought about in, uh, say, radio broadcasting that is a myth? Give us a question on that one. One of the things that I've always been fascinated about with radio is how does it get from here to every car radio and home radio all around the Central Coast? Like it comes from this studio and then just gets like a telephone all the way to everywhere and Mm. every single radio. How does that work? No, it's magic. (laughs) <laughs> we use things, things called Uber Airways. Uber Airways, uh, Uber owns everything. <laughs> we could tell you, but you'd never be allowed to leave here. <laughs> exactly right. So the Uber transmitter sends out the signals on these Uber Airways. That's how it works. That's how yeah. it works, just satellites and airwaves. That's it. That's it. That's it fantastic. You can do it on your pocket radio if you want it. And more recently, of course, uh, radio broadcasting has taken on um, a further strength because mm. we can transmit the audio very effectively and very cheaply mm. over the internet as well. Yeah, is, that, is that what that. digital radio digital. is all about? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the digital outputs, exactly yeah, well, right. Yeah. So on any of those applications, you can get the old Gats FM or any other number of thousands of stations from anywhere in the world. So I could listen to Coast FM live or I could listen anywhere to in the world. Anywhere in the Digitally world. Digitally or if I'm on holidays. Exactly. Yes. Fantastic. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Chef. Always good talking to you, mate. Catch you next week. Absolute pleasure. Can't wait. Have a great week in the restaurant game. Thank you. That's Chef Daniel from Baker Street Restaurant in Gosford. He's with us every single week sharing Pete and Sherilyn on Coast FM. 
Coast FM, Pete Little and Sheldon Darcy. It's been a nice show today. Well, we haven't finished. No. But uh, Tanya's just joined us on the line now. Big one today. I've got a big one and, oh. it's, and I'm going to – it is personal, but I've heard this question a lot when I'm speaking to people who've got dogs because I take my two dogs, DJ and Sailor, down to the dog park uh, to try to tie them out a little bit. They are high-energy dogs. And uh, <laughs> Tanya – yeah, and it's like, oh, my goodness, anything to tie them out so they go to shlappies. That's what I say. <laughs> but, um, but Tanya – these dogs that are full of energy and won't stop. Do, should we be doing things to tie them out, firstly? And then secondly, what can we do to tie them out? Tie them down. Tie them down. <laughs> Other than tie them down, Tanya. Uh, let's have some good advice, please. Oh, yes. Yes and yes. Absolutely. Tire those dogs out because if you don't, you are going to have them digging up your bag backyard and mm. ripping up your, your towels from the clothesline. So mm. yeah, look, definitely tire them out. Um, you know, they are like children. Children need to run and so, so do dogs. Um, yeah, look, I am such an advocate for taking your dog, you know, your dog for a walk or a run or a swim or, you know, whatever sort of exercise they, they will tolerate, you know. Mm. Um, it's so important and you know like I, I often compare animals to humans but for humans exercise is so important for you know not just stimulation but mental health and mm. for, for animals it's the same you know they need it and you know I think even people, if animals that live on properties perhaps not the working dogs because they they work really hard but mm-hmm. you know I've, I've heard it said that you know um, my dog I've got a couple of acres you know she doesn't need to go for a walk but she does she needs those the dogs need those extra you know those smells those interactions mm. with other dogs and other other people it's just so important for for their development and and for their health so yeah Yes and yes, and, absolutely. And what about toys and things? Because I read somewhere that playing with toys that are sort of puzzles or, you know, those things that you stick food in that they have mm. to sort of work it out, that that actually burns up energy as well. Yeah. Look, I think it, look, it definitely does, um, providing they're moving around. I mean, I've, I've seen some dogs just lay there and oh. <laughs> do it with their <laughs> mouth, but I suppose it's mental stimulation. Uh-huh. But yeah, like you can get those Kongs and things where they've got treats inside them mm-hmm. and some dogs will just throw them around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, it can definitely burn off some, some energy, but not as much as, you know, going Don't for a walk. walk. I have to say, actually, mm-hmm. there are breeds of cats that are super high energy as well. Oh. And, you know, I think, I think um, it's important to provide um, stimulation and exercise for all cats, particularly younger cats. Mm. Um, but there are certain breeds that are super high energy, like, you know, a Bengal. They are super high energy. I personally would never get one because I like my cats, you know, snuggly. And I'm not saying Bengals aren't snuggly, but, the, yeah. you know, most of the ones I know of, and if you look into the breed, they're, they're more high energy. And it's important for those types of cats, mm. and I think all cats, to have scratch posts and area to to run or, a you know, a cat run or perhaps a, a veranda if you're living in an apartment with, with cat net or mm-hmm. something like that. But, yeah, particularly for kittens, they, they definitely... Kittens have quite high energy, so, you know, having toys where they can run around and play, 
um, it is really important for cats to burn off that energy. Otherwise, same thing. They're going to have behavioural issues as as well, particularly some of of those high-energy breeds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't think of that. Well, Pete, there you go. High-energy cats, high-energy dogs. Well, I rarely see a high-energy cat. Um, but they will be they will be lazy if you let them. And you know, one of the things my cat had to to lose a little bit of weight um, because of his recent diagnosis. And yes. you know, so I've tried, <laughs> been trying to encourage him to exercise more, and he loves to play. Mm-hmm. But he, then he'll just be like, "No, can we sit on the couch and snuggle Aww. now? Isn't it time for you to read your book?" <laughs> That's so it, it, sometimes you do have to encourage them to exercise. Mm. So, so Tan, I'm reading that your favourite thing in life is sitting there reading a book while the cat's relaxing good, rather man. than going for a walk. He's such a bad influence on me because he sits on my lap and he purrs and it is very hard to stay awake when you've got a purring cat sitting on you. Of course. And he's there purring on my lap mm. and I'm, I just thought, I'm terrible because I fall asleep so easily. I'm just, I'm the best sleeper in the whole world. I can fall asleep anywhere and it doesn't, it doesn't take much. But he sits on my lap purring and I'm just out like a light. <laughs> well, we'll leave the uh, sleeping pet vet nurse to her bed. Uh, there her, we go, there we relaxing go. relaxing sofa this morning. Early for a bit, I think, just time in the morning. But, uh, yeah. Tan, thank you for that. I enjoy having a chat every Saturday morning. Uh, Sherilyn, have you got any closing remarks? Uh, no, just to say thank you, Tanya. Well done. Thanks, Tan. Pleasure. That's Tanya Middleton, our pet vet nurse, who joins us every Saturday here on At Home with the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn on Coast FM. Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. And time for the Property Report with Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners. Good morning, Lachlan. Good morning. Now, I was prompted by an article recently about the trophy homes in Sydney and the fact that uh, whereas they were kind of associated with the eastern suburbs, they're now looking towards around, you know, Birchgrove and that sort of Balmain area. And the thought struck me about the Central Coast trophy homes. Now, I've lived here for many, many moons, and boy, there's been some amazing development. The quality of homes is just improving over and over. Places like Wamberall, uh, Terrigal, of course, uh, Point Frederick. Where are the trophy homes of the coast? Have I got my suburbs right, mate? Yeah, Pete. I think you know you're definitely on the the right track, and they're some of the traditionally the traditionally the the, the trophy suburbs for sure. Um, I think one of the things that is really interesting about the Central Coast is that it's almost a little bit like what we see in Brisbane and the Gold Coast, whereby the buy-in price, although it's you know quite a lot higher than it used to be, it's still a lot less to actually purchase the land um, than it is in, in areas of Sydney. Mm. So what it allows is for people to do quite spectacular builds. And you see a lot of these trophy homes in Sydney, and you mentioned for the eastern suburbs, they're very expensive, but some of the homes are quite unremarkable because ah, okay. you know you're spending so much just the land to buy yeah. the land. Mm. So yeah, you, you do see that in those, some of those areas. Pete, I think um, some of the other ones which we often uh, whiz past in the car and maybe don't pay too much attention to, or you know they're, they're too hidden behind all the the greenery, is the acreage areas on the central coast. There's some quite spectacular homes that uh, unless you've been invited to the, the private party there, you'll never uh, have the privilege of seeing, unfortunately. Oh, now, this is an interesting point because I have on occasion 
visited and they, these have got like six car garages and massive swimming pools, outdoor oh, gyms. Well, you're, you're, the, you're a man about town, Pete. You'd be invited to all the, all the dudes. <laughs> Been a long time. <laughs> Underground cellars, all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't have even thought they'd be thought of here on the Central Coast, but boy, oh boy. So what parts of the uh, Central Coast rural tracks have you come across these uh, what we call trophy homes? Well, I, I think people are quite familiar with the Matcham and the Holgates and things like that. But mm. some of the areas that have really, uh, you know, uh, you know, come into their own or people haven't sort of realised that there's been some spectacular builds there, you know, things like Glenning Valley, you know, Pickett's Valley, um, all of those areas that are quite close to the beaches too. You know, there's parts along sort of scenic highway as well where there's just a couple of, you know, incredible acreages tucked away that most people, you know, wouldn't even notice as you're driving by. Um, but the other other areas that I think we often forget, uh, Peter's, you know, over the other side of the M1, you know, gee, there's oh, some okay. uh, quite spectacular oh. homes up in the mountain districts there now, you know, where a lot of the, the properties, you know, in times gone by have been more commercial farms, actually sort yeah. of working farms. Or, yeah, ch- or exactly. chickheads, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there's plenty of them still there, but, you know, a lot, there's been some, some incredible homes built up in those areas over the last, uh, number of years and and certainly um, w- for people that are coming out of Sydney looking to get uh, let's say a horse property or something with a little bit of a rural aspect to it those areas are, um, are very desirable. Well there it is if you're after a trophy home who should we talk to? It should be Lachlan shouldn't it? Please. You know the scene mate <laughs> okay thank you Lachlan. Now we've got a better idea of the, the breadth of the real estate market here on the coast it's quite fascinating uh, Lachlan, thank you for your time. Sounds good, Pete. Thank All you. All the best now. Bye-bye now. Coast FM, great track there. Talk of the town. Coming up to four minutes before 10, we've got Mish after 10 with today's What's On program. Now, Sherilyn, a report from one of our uh, zone loan road ranges, yes. whatever we choose to give them a name. Yeah, it's a big one at the moment, isn't it, Pete? There is a truck broken down on the far right lane. That's the fast lane heading south near the Arimba turnoff, Pete. That is causing a little bit of uh, chaos out there and slowing things down. Well, the only way around that would be to come off at uh, Tugra and then come through Tumbiumbi if you want to try and escape that. Yeah, so, that's it. So that's it's rather it. complicated. It's a very important part of our road network here. Mm-hmm. Okay, coming up to three minutes before 10. Now, next week on the Gardening Gang, Sherilano is? Next week we're talking bulbs. We're going all bulbs, not bulbs. light bulbs. Don't get you all excited, although we might. We're talking about the bulbs that you can put in now that will flower at springtime. So we might talk a little bit about garlic as well. It's a time to plant garlic. But everything bulbs, the catalogues are out. People are buying them. They're starting to put them in once it gets a little cooler. So beautiful bulbs. Think daffodils, tulips, all those things, Pete. See you next week. 